0: What's up, everyone? It's Rich here, and we are back on The Rich Webster Show, Episode 7. I can't believe it's already Episode 7 of the podcast. If you've listened to the previous six episodes, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, definitely go back and listen to some of the past ones. There's some really, really good stuff in there. I got a lot of positive feedback, especially about the two episodes detailing my coaching sessions with Chris Doe. But either way, if you've been listening this long and you're enjoying the podcast, you are going to want to hear this. Cohort five of my course, How to Work Less, is starting on September 4th, which is in just a couple of weeks. It's my signature course. I teach this thing three times a year, and I want you to check it out. How to Work Less is perfect if you are self-employed, so you're like a solopreneur, a freelancer, a service provider, coach, consultant, etc you're maxed out on time, you've got no time left in the day, you're burnt out, or you're maxed out on money. So you've hit a ceiling with income. So those are the three kind of problems we help people solve. And in the four weeks of the program, I will work with you and my team will work with you plus a bunch of other people in the similar boat to learn how to scale your business without working more hours, create systems to run your business for you and do the things you love and delegate the things you don't. It's an incredible program. We've done this four times now with hundreds of students. The results that we get are insane. Definitely check out learn.howtoworkless.com. You can see some of our testimonials there. And I want you, if this even sounds slightly like something you're interested in, go ahead and get on my VIP wait list. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. It's at learn.howtoworkless.com. Just enter your email. Enrollment opens on August 27th. Which is very soon. So, if you're enjoying this podcast and you want my personal support and all the systems, templates, frameworks, things like that to help apply this stuff to your business, there's only one way to do it, and it's how to work less. All right, let's get into the show, shall we? This is a fun topic. This is something when I created the podcast, I knew I wanted to talk about, and I knew was going to be probably in the first ten episodes. And the reason for that is this is. One of the most popular things that I've ever shared online. Um, This post is the third most popular Twitter thread I've ever put up. Um, It's reached 300,000 people. On Instagram, the original post reached half a million people. And over the multiple times that I've shared it, because I've kind of reshared this information a few times over the last year, it's received over a million impressions. So a million people have seen this information, which is pretty good signal to me that this is probably something valuable and worth expounding on. So the main point, and I'll just read the hook of the post. It goes like this: My design agency's minimum rate is sixty thousand dollars. What I've learned: expensive clients must be treated different. Follow these six rules if you want to start working with high-ticket clients. So that is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to pull back the curtain and reveal what really goes on when we work with high-ticket clients. Because I think it's something that is a mystery to a lot of people. And for a good reason, because they just have no experience. And uh, it is a bit of a different world. I know the only way that I learned was through trial and error. But before we do that, let's take a step back. If you wanna work less and make more money, which most of the people that follow me do, you really have two good options in terms of how to do it. So number one is you can take a bunch of cheap stuff and sell a shitload of it. So that would be like digital products, asynchronous work, software, something like that. Something cheap that takes no time to fulfill. So once you create it, you can just sell it forever. But the problem with that, obviously, is that you need to have a ton of people who know about it that you can sell it to. Because if you're selling something for you know, $9, think about how many people you need in order to reach your income goals, right? So we're not going to talk about that today. Second option, if you want to work less and earn more, is you have to learn how to charge more and scale your business by increasing your price. Most people try to grow their business in the wrong direction. and I'm not saying this is always wrong, but I think that is the default and it's worth questioning. Most businesses scale by increasing the number of clients that they have. And especially if you're a small business, like a freelancer or solopreneur, um, you hit a bottleneck really, really fast, which is your time, right? Most businesses that I know, if they were to 10X the amount of clients that they're serving, like a freelancer for interest, everything would break, you know, they would have to work 10 times the amount of hours and they're already maxed out, which is why when I'm working with people, I really encourage my students to think about growing their business by increasing the price of whatever it is that they sell and increasing the quality of what they sell and increasing the value that they provide to their clients. Because the beauty of this, right, is if you double your price, you can work half the hours for the same amount of money. But if you knew how to double your price, you probably would have already done it. So in order to do that, you need to understand how. And if you wanna charge more, you're gonna to have to learn to talk about it. And that is what I wanna teach you how to do today. That's my objective for today, is to give you my experience, what I've learned, the pitfalls, all that good stuff about how to talk and work with high-ticket clients so you can charge more money and scale your business by increasing your price because I think that's really the most productive way to do it if you're trying to run a lifestyle biz. All right. Last week, I saw a YouTube video. I think it was from maybe like Layla Hormozy or something. And it wasn't like a a real video. I don't know. It was kind of like a joke video, but it was ranking the top tiers of business skills. And while it's super subjective, the top tier skills that they identified, the three top tier business skills, were sales, offer creation, and communication. And honestly, nailed it, spot on. If you want to work with high ticket clients, these are the things that you really need to understand if you want to work with these types of clients. So my goal for this session is to teach you how to become the type of person that can work with expensive clients. And what most people don't tell you is that there is kind of a secret language and a world that goes on that you may not be familiar with. There are a lot of places where you can mess up or, you know, not charge enough or say something that doesn't really resonate with them and not even realize it. Now, I've done this plenty of times. I've made a ton of mistakes. I I got to go back. I, this, this is just a memory. This is not in my outline. I have some proposals. I gotta see if I can pull these up from when I was first starting out, where I was trying to start charging higher prices because I heard that that was a good thing to do, but I didn't really know how to do it and how to execute it and how to, you know, explain the value. And uh, I would just like send out these like, <laughs> you know, one to two page Word document proposals with like crazy price points on them, and never hear anything back. And I didn't understand why. Okay, so there is a dance here, and it's not about like just making your price 10 times larger than it is now. And it's all magic and it's all good. Um, but there are some skills that you can learn around this. And you may wonder why some people, it seems like they just know how to do this inherently. Um, how do people learn this skill? And there's a couple of ways that I've identified where I've seen people figure it out. Number one, which is me, is trial and error. Okay, you take many years and you keep trying to increase your prices and you have awkward conversations and you don't really know what you're talking about. And eventually you figure out like what really resonates with people, what doesn't resonate with them. And you learn how to communicate the value of what you're providing. The same time, you're also getting much better at what you do. um, And as a result, value increases, price increases, your ability to communicate it increases, and you figure it out. That takes a long ass time, right? Second way, is observing others. I have also benefited from this. Um, earlier on in my career, I have partnered up with some other people, designers who I you know worked on projects with, and I was lucky enough to be able to sit in on their sales calls. Now, if you wanna sit in on some insanely good sales calls, just go on YouTube and, uh, and check out some of Chris Doe's sales videos. And there are a bunch of people. Honestly, I've learned a ton about sales from not even watching people selling like creative or professional services but from observing, there are like tons of YouTube videos about car sales people, and um, sales training around selling cars. And there is just, a, it's an absolute gold mine. There's this one trainer, I can't remember what his name is, but I've watched a bunch of his videos. And yeah, man, uh, sales, sales is a real skill. But the thing is, in order to do this, you have to observe other people. And the downside is you have to know people. So if you don't know anyone, Go on YouTube, start watching videos of actual sales calls. You will learn a ton from that. Okay, third way people learn this stuff. This is one of the most interesting things and where I feel like sometimes people skip the line and we have absolutely no idea how. They're like, I just started freelancing and I'm already making six figures. And the reason they're able to do this is because prior to freelancing or starting their own business, they were a high ticket client. They worked as a high ticket client in their previous job. And the beauty of this is when you see behind the curtain and understand how it works and you understand the motivation and what actually makes people want to spend a lot of money, you know, uh, it becomes really easy. It's like you just skip the line completely. Um, So that's one of the big secrets is a lot of people who charge high prices and you're like, how do they figure this out so fast is they have experience in the world and they worked as a client. At some point. And then the last way that people learn this stuff is that they don't. They never learn it. You know, they never come across this podcast episode. They never try to figure it out on their own and they stay with small clients forever. And they always ask, why am I maxed out on time? Why am I maxed out on money? I can't grow because if I try to take on two more more clients at the same rate, I have no time left in the day. And when I try to increase the price, I don't know how. So let's get into it six rules if you want to start working with high ticket clients rule number 1 understand motivation what actually moves expensive clients because it's probably not what you're used to there is a difference you know you hear people talk all the time about you know cheaper clients they're they're not great right the, you know there's a million reasons why people don't like inexpensive clients and if you're used to those cheaper clients, where when I say cheaper, for the United States, you know you can multiply this by wherever you're from or divide it, $1,000 or less, cheaper client, what are you gonna experience more often than not? You're gonna experience micromanaging, price sensitivity, oh, I can't pay you know, any more money, this is the maximum that I have, frequent emergencies, poor communication, things like that. But when you start meeting bigger clients, everything changes, right? The psychology and the motivation um, and the thinking shifts when you meet those five and six-figure clients. So you really need to understand how high-ticket clients think and what they actually value. And the key way that I think about this and that I like to help people understand like what is actually going on when we enter into a business agreement with a high-ticket client is their number one goal is they want to profit from the transaction. Let me repeat that. They want to profit from the transaction. And what is profit? Profit is when they get more value than they paid for what you offer them. And obviously the most common way that people profit from a transaction is if you can do something for them that allows them to make more money. But there are actually four ways that expensive clients can be motivated and profit from the transaction. Number one, like I mentioned, is money. If you can go in there and your work makes them more money than they paid you, it's a no-brainer, right? It's like a money printing machine. So if you can, I don't know, let's say, design a landing page for them and you they pay you 10 grand but you make them 100 grand, everyone profits and that's a great deal, okay? Um, That is the beauty of that is that's when you can really start charging a lot of prices. Second thing that expensive clients value, your work should free up their time. And the way that they're able to profit here is because with expensive clients, usually their time is quite valuable. They may have an effective hourly rate of anywhere from $100 an hour to $1,000 an hour. So if you can present them an offer that frees up 10 hours of their time every week for instance that to them can be worth anywhere from you know what's the what's the math here thousand bucks to ten thousand bucks a week just by freeing up their time and allowing them to spend it on something else number three your work should make them look good status expensive clients will pay for status right there's a reason why people drive lamborghinis and buy luxury handbags And why people spend money on stuff that they don't need, including (laughs) things like websites, brand identities, and all that good stuff. Okay, sometimes, and this is a a real secret hack, sometimes businesses will buy stuff that they don't need that isn't going to help the business grow just because it's going to make them look good. And you should use that to your advantage. Last thing that motivates expensive clients, this is a big one as well especially for certain businesses, is fear. Your work should help them avoid a negative outcome. So if you can explain to them how by hiring you, for instance, as let's say you're, I don't know, an attorney, and if they hire you to write up their contract, you could avoid them being sued for half a million dollars. That's a profit right there because you are avoiding them losing someone taking half a million dollars from their business. And the key here is money, time, status, and fear are the things that motivate expensive clients. And you need to learn how to talk about these things. And you need to understand for each individual person and for each business by you know talking to them and getting a vibe and understanding what they're interested in, you know what are the one or two that really resonate with this particular person? Now, let me give you an example. At this point in my career, for better or for worse, I am a high ticket client. I have a business that, two businesses that both make multiple six figures. And I have a very long list of problems that if someone came to me with the right solution, I would be happy to hire them to solve them. And believe it or not, people come to me all the time with bad solutions to my problems and they don't know how to talk to me. And as a result, I don't work with them. And let me give you a (laughs) quick tip here you want to pitch me, if you're not, you can figure this out based on the four motivations I shared before, money, time, status, and fear. Just so you know, I'm motivated by money and time. Not surprising, okay? I want to make more money, and I want to work less hours. So if you can figure out how to make me more money, and I don't have to do anything, that's a great deal for me, and I would probably pay you a decent amount of money to do it. But what stops me as a potential high-ticket client from these people that want to try to, you know, pitch me on something. Number one, bad offer. I don't like the way the offer looks. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Um, number two, I don't trust them when we have the conversation or they reach out to me. Um, there's not a level of trust that's there and is not likely that the results are going to be there. Number three, there is no credibility in proof, right? Someone might come to me with an absolute grand slam, great offer. Um, so they might say, Hey, listen, you know, I'll, I'll, double your business and you don't have to do anything. And if I don't do it, you don't pay me. And I'm like, well, that's a great offer, but have you done this for anyone else before? And there's no credibility and no proof there. So as a result, I'm not gonna risk my time and my resources to like get set up with this person and have them potentially break my business. Or number four, sometimes the cost to me in terms of my time is not worth hiring someone. So if it's gonna take me a ton of time to manage, like I'm not working a lot, right? I you know, I'm working less than 5 hours a day running my businesses. Um, I cannot commit an hour every day to manage a new person. So as you can see, right? I'm someone who's got the money to spend. I want to spend it if it's going to work. I have a long list of problems. I'm not going to tell you what they all are. Maybe that's another episode of things that could be solved in my business. But if someone came along with the right solution, I would gladly pay to have the problem solved. But There's reason why I don't. And I think that that leads right into my point here. And if you are struggling to understand how high ticket clients think, what I want you to do is I want you to become a client yourself and to really understand the thought process behind why some people buy and some people don't. The real secret is When you become a client, you understand that most of their decision-making is not extremely rational. So if you want to test this out, best thing I can recommend is try to just hire a freelancer to outsource some of your work. You know, find someone super cheap, say, say, I'm going to, you know, whatever, I'm going to hire someone for five hours to try to learn this lesson. And when you go out there and actually try to hire someone to do work for you, What are you going to learn that it's emotional and fear-based because the second you start having these conversations, it, it, the brain goes screwy really fast. And the things that we're talking about in our head have nothing to do with (laughs) money and it's things like, can I trust this person? Is this person going to do what they say they're going to do? And those are the things that most high ticket clients are really trying to understand and making a decision, right? So are you a trustworthy person and are you going to say what you're going to do? That is table stakes for understanding how high ticket clients think. So if you wanna get better at this, become a client yourself. It's honestly like the best life hack I can give people. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about rule number two. So first we taught you how high ticket clients think, what motivates them and hopefully you can understand a little bit better about how to talk to them and communicate in a way that makes sense for them. Number two, let's say you are a little bit further down the road and you actually signed one and you're really, really excited about it. And then you go ahead and make the biggest, biggest mistake that I see people make um, once they close a high ticket client. And what they don't realize is that The work doesn't end when you get the money in your bank account and you sign the contract. That is where it starts. And the most important lesson you need to understand is that expensive clients expect a high quality experience. So if you're going to be someone who charges high prices, you need to think about What is the experience of other expensive things? Um, Because usually a high ticket client, they're used to buying expensive stuff and they're used to better service and quality clients expect a high quality experience. And the place where people screw this up royally, and this is just a life lesson, is on onboarding. So onboarding is after you get paid um, from your customer or your client or whatever, and you just screw up onboarding completely. Onboarding is everything. You spend all this time talking to them, building trust, you negotiate, you sign the contract, they cut you a check, and then it's absolute disorganization. Or worse, nothing. There's nothing worse for the client than when they pay you a whole bunch of money and then they hear nothing from you. Onboarding is so important because there's actually studies that say that when someone makes a purchase, within the first 48 to 72 hours, they are going to make a decision about whether they you know, made a good choice or not. Um, so believe it or not, people are going to decide whether they like you within two to three days before you actually do any meaningful work. Like let's say you're doing a website project and it may not be done for three months. People have already decided whether they like you or not. And there's less that you can do about it towards the second half of the project and a lot you can do at the beginning. So I want you to really think about how you can create a high-quality onboarding experience that is going to make your customers feel like, you know, they're getting what they paid for. So a high-quality onboarding experience, in my opinion, has three steps, three components. Number one, it's clear. There are steps and they are clearly numbered and simple. It is sent immediately after and there is no lapse. Number two, Is personalized so do something that is outside of the normal okay so a follow-up email is normal everyone will expect that when you send it but if you can send a personalized message so what we'll do is we do an onboarding video or something like a handwritten note or an onboarding gift it goes a long way towards building that goodwill and really just making them feel like you really care about them and that you value their business then number three is super important is quick wins. How can you create a quick win for your customer within the first couple of days? And it doesn't have to be big. You know, it can be something that's really insignificant, but just shows, hey, we're already moving process. You know, we're in progress on this. It could be something like initial sketches or just like a project uh, strategy document, just something that shows like, hey, the ball is moving. And if you do not have a onboarding system in place, number one, you need to fix it right now. Super, super important. Okay. This stuff is what down the line drives referrals, which is going to grow your business without you having to do a ton of marketing. Number two, if you want to just steal my onboarding system, believe it or not, I give it to you in in how to work less. Um, And you can see exactly how it works for my agency. You'll also get to go through the onboarding experience of How to Work Less, which is its own onboarding product, which I think is pretty awesome. People seem to like it. And uh, yeah, so number two for high ticket clients is onboarding is everything. And this is just a thread that goes across the entire thing. It is not enough to just close the deal. You must maintain the level of quality throughout the project. All right. Rule number three, This is where communication really breaks down and people will tell me hey you know i lost this client and i don't really understand why and while this is a rule for expensive clients it is really just a rule for life honestly it's one of the biggest business tricks that i've learned i can't tell you how many times i've worked with clients and they'll say hey you know we, we hired you because we were working with this other designer and like they were just really flaky. We could, ne- we never knew where we could find them. They never communicated. They were always late with projects. We never knew what was going on. So eventually we just like let them go. And that leads me into rule three, which is always over communicate. So if you ever lose a client and you don't know why it is probably because your communication is not where it needs to be. And I really want you to take a second here, no matter what your business is, and think about how you treat your customers and how you ensure that there is regular, clear, predictable communication with them at all points throughout the time that they're working with you. Because the worst thing that you can do is leave your clients in the dark. And let me just give you, I'll give you the perfect litmus test to figure out whether you're doing this well or poorly. Think about the last couple of projects that you worked on and if your customer or your client has to reach out to you and say hey just checking in on this or hey just wanted to see the status of this project or hey uh, where are we with this thing you are doing a bad job of communicating okay your clients should know at all times these four questions number one what work is in progress number two when will it be ready? Number three, what is your responsibility as the person providing services or products? Number four, what is their responsibility? This should be communicated to them verbally and in writing. There is no such thing as overcommunication, especially when it comes to high-ticket clients. Your clients should always know where they can find you, when they can contact you, what times you're available and how to contact you in an emergency. And this is a level of communication that if you wanna take things to the next level and especially if you wanna work with great clients, this is table stakes. This is what you know takes people into the major leagues is the ability to communicate really, really clearly and have your clients never ever feel like they don't know what's going on because that's when things break down is when people don't know what's actually going on. So think back in your business, whatever it is that you do, and ask yourself, am I communicating that? Am I getting these messages like, hey, where are we? Can I get an update? Um, that is a great sign that you are not as good as communication as you think that you are. And guess what? If the client sends you one of those every single day, you learned a valuable lesson. There, you, well, Number one, you've got a needy client. Number two, you need to communicate more. And number three, got to set better boundaries up front and kind of communicate those things. Boundaries, whole nother conversation. Can't even get into that now. Okay, rule number four. This is the deal breaker. When I think about all my times working with with expensive clients, and I I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but I totally forgot. Um, Just for context, um, in both of my businesses, I'm working with high-ticket clients really, really regularly. The last coaching engagement, that I did, and I, I don't do these often. I only take on one or two every cohort. Um, it was is a ten thousand dollar package, and the last design project that my agency took on was an eighty three thousand dollar website. So, I, I know a thing or two about this. I've, this is not this is not my first rodeo. Um, I definitely have gone through the gauntlet on this, which leads me to rule number four and this is the deal breaker where everything breaks down and as soon as you screw this up, it's over, okay? Rule number four is be a sure thing. Trust is the number one most important thing in a business relationship. If you have trust, even if you're not that good, even if you're not the world's best at whatever it is that you do, you are still going to do better. I can't tell you how many times I see insanely talented designers suck at this one thing and here's the deal expensive clients value their time and they want things to go smoothly without their time having to be involved and they should never ever ever have to worry about you what does that mean do what you say you're going to do every single time and never miss a deadline I cannot believe that I need to say this, but i it happens so often. People create their own self-imposed deadlines and then miss them. Or with no prompting at all, they tell a client or a customer, we're gonna do this for you, and then they don't do it. And the second that that happens, the contract of trust is broken and they can't trust you and it's over. Because now in high ticket, Client's brain, they're thinking, great, now I have to manage this person. Um, They can't be trusted on their own. And it no longer becomes as valuable to them to have you working with them. And listen, you can miss deadlines. You can say you're going to do something and then realize you can't do it. But the big mistake that people make is they don't communicate it. So every once in a while, we will, for whatever reason, miss a deadline, Um, things out of our control, poor planning, freelancer screws up, whatever. We we build padding into our deadline so it doesn't happen often, but it will happen no matter what business you're in. But the reason that our clients don't care is because the second we know it's going to be missed, we tell them. So there could be a deadline in a week. And if I know a week before that, that we're not gonna hit it, the client is going to know immediately and I'm gonna explain to them why, what we plan to do about it and what the revised deadline is. That's totally fine. The mistake that people make is that clients all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I this, this person is not on top of things. Um, they're not doing what they say they're going to do. And as a result, then in the back of their head, they're like, okay, the trust is broken. That's a big one. Be a sure thing. This becomes, you know, listen, if you're not charging high prices, people expect it, honestly. They're like, well, it's cheap. So as a result, it's going to be more work on my end. But when you start charging higher prices, this is something that becomes huge. All right, let's talk about rule number five. This is an interesting one. And I think this is one that it took me a while to learn. And really, in terms of like the long time value of a, an expensive customer or an expensive client. And I call this rule, be a trusted advisor. And this is really just about building relationships outside of just the scope of the project. And the beauty of this is that when you work with expensive clients, you have more leeway to do this. And being a trusted advisor means that you are a resource that they can rely on, even when you're not working on a project. So remember, if you're charging a bunch of money for something, whatever it is you're selling, you are an expert. And if your customer or your client asks for advice on something outside of your scope, you don't send them a change order, you just give it to them. Or if the client has a problem with one of their other vendors, you help them solve it, or you give them some advice. And the idea here is that when you are working with expensive clients, it pays off in the long run to maintain that relationship for two reasons. Number one, we wanna keep working with them for a long period of time. Number two, this is gonna build a long-term relationship and allow you to get referrals. And number three, this is how you become indispensable. So let's say a couple years from now, you know they're trying to figure out what's up with their budget. And maybe they need to make some cuts. You want to be the company or the person <laughs> that would never be cut because you are too valuable to them. And in addition to whatever it is that you do, you're also a trusted advisor and you care about the client and their big picture. You care about the people. You care about the company and not just the project. And the big like objection that I hear from people when I say this is that people are like, well, like, aren't, isn't the client taking advantage of you? Shouldn't, aren't you be charged? Like, shouldn't I send an invoice for all this extra work? Um, And here's the benefit of working with expensive clients. When you have less, more profitable clients, you can take the time to do this. Now, like at the beginning of this episode, if you had 30 small clients, there isn't time to go the extra mile because you are just about getting the project done, getting it done quickly, hopefully profitably, and because the prices are so low, if you spend an an extra five hours with that client, you might lose money on the project, okay? But when you have profitable, high-ticket clients, like we're talking about here, you have the time to do it, and you realize that it is about relationships, more than anything else and the more you can become a trusted advisor and someone they lead on the better it is going to be for you in the long run and that is another difference between low ticket small clients where an extra couple of hours could make a project unprofitable and high ticket clients where an extra couple hours you know helping them out with something or building a relationship is going to pay off exponentially in the long run So this is really important, is how can you be a trusted advisor and help them out outside of just the scope of whatever project it is that you're working on? All right, rule number six. This is (laughs) so, so important. And I hope if I leave you with this one, you'll get a ton out of this and you can learn how to do this. So rule number six, the most important, is talk about money, and talk about it often. One of the biggest differences between smaller customers, smaller clients, and high-ticket customers or high-ticket clients is how they think about money. I can't tell you how many times when I worked with small clients early on in my career, everyone would get, (laughs) it would be time to talk about money and everyone would just get super awkward. No one wanted to talk about it. I didn't wanna talk about it. They didn't wanna talk about it. They only had a little bit of money to spend. I didn't wanna ask for as much money as I should have. And it just gets really, really uncomfortable really fast. Maybe that resonates with you now. But what you need to understand is that expensive clients are not shy about discussing money. And you shouldn't be either. And one of the best ways that you can show this is to start talking about money (laughs) as soon as humanly possible. And I do that in my conversations. One of the things that I'll do is I'll, I'll share my minimum rate for the agency, which is $60,000 over the course of a year. I'll throw that number out there just to say, hey, we're talking about money. We're comfortable. This is a business conversation. There's nothing weird about it. And as I go and I'm having like a sales conversation, for instance, one of the ways that you can do this and get the customer comfortable talking about money is to ask specific questions about it that aren't necessarily like, you know, too personal or whatever. So you want to ask them, like, how do you make money? You know, how much did you make last year? What was the, what was the revenue? What's your most profitable product, right? All these things where you're starting to understand how their business works so that we can all get comfortable talking about money and making decisions based on value. So at all times, it's really important that you know how your client makes money and what you can do to impact their ability to make more money. And the key, key, key lesson here that people never understand about really kind of like more expensive clients once you get into the like five to six figure range is that as clients get bigger, you're not going to believe this, but this is the most important point of all. I highlighted this money becomes not a big deal. It really doesn't. You think like with a smaller client and you ask them for a thousand dollars, that can be a lot of money out of someone's personal bank account, right? Trying to get someone who (laughs) is negative $10,000 in credit card debt to give you two grand is really, really hard. But trying to get someone who has a $5 million budget that isn't their money, it's just the company's money that they're responsible for to give you $60,000 over the course of a year is easy because it's 1% of their budget. That is the key, is if you want to work with bigger clients, you need to go after businesses that have enough money to pay you. (laughs) The big mistake people make when they try to raise their prices is is they try to raise their prices on their current customers. And if they can't afford you, they can't afford you. And they say, oh, it doesn't work to raise your prices. No, you need to find the people that can afford you. And that's why, you know, when I go in, we have a a minimum revenue number, like we won't work with companies that aren't making a certain amount of money because it's too high stakes. You know, I don't want them to spend half of their yearly budget on my agency Because that just shows their priorities aren't where they need to be. They need to be making more money. They don't need to worry about what we do. Once they hit the $1 million or $2 million or $5 million budget mark, then it makes sense to bring us on. And that's really the key here when it comes to expensive clients is when you get to that point, it is not a big deal. It really isn't. It's just numbers to them. And it's just about making a decision that makes sense. And the best way you can think about this is looking at the big, big picture of How much money is this company bringing in? How much am I asking for? What's the value that I'm going to actually provide to them? And just think, am I asking someone 10K in credit card debt to give me two grand? Or am I asking someone with $5 million budget to give me 60K? Huge, huge difference. Massive difference. You're asking one person to go into more debt, whereas the other person, you're asking them for 1% of their budget in order to do something that's going to hopefully make them even more money. And that's the key with talking about expensive, high-ticket clients, is you wanna talk about money often, you wanna be comfortable talking about it, you wanna understand how they make money, and you need to understand that it's just not a big deal. The bigger the client gets, the less of a big deal the money is, because there are steps in between the person you're talking to and the ownership of the money. And I think that's a really important lesson. And you know, bigger companies are comfortable spending bigger amounts of money. I'll give you an example from my business. We have this client that uh, I've been working with for a while and budget has been, I think they probably pay us somewhere, I don't know, like six figures a year now. It's over $100,000 a year. And that seems like a lot of money. Um, but what we, <laughs> what we learned is that a couple of times a year, they have this contract with this radio advertising company and they will spend over a hundred thousand dollars, maybe $150,000 on a couple of days of radio advertisements every year. (laughs) And while I'm sweating, Oh my God, you know, is, is, uh, is a hundred thousand dollars a lot of money. You got to realize that, they value these radio advertisements even though potentially they don't even really do anything. And like that's the big picture. The lesson you need to understand is that bigger clients are comfortable spending large amounts of money. And what you think is a big number to them is just what they do every single day. So do not be shy and talk about money often. So that's the key to thinking about how to work with high ticket clients. And I think this really helps you go throughout the entire process. Number one, right, we talked about what do they think about? How does their brain actually work? How do, what do they focus on that's different than the cheaper clients that maybe you're used to? And it's really all about how they can profit from your transaction and how you can talk about that and motivate them with money, time, status, and fear. I also got into the nitty gritty of actually working with the the high ticket clients, focusing on onboarding, focusing on communication, focusing on building trust and becoming a trusted advisor. And then we close things out and we talk about the most important thing, which is talking about money and not being shy about discussing money. Because if you want to work with expensive clients, you're going to have to learn to say large numbers. There's just no way around it. It's It's the only way around it. So yeah, that's that's my masterclass on this based on one of my most popular posts of all time. Hopefully this was useful for you. If you found it useful, let me know. Shoot me an email, send me a send me a DM, whatever. But before we close things out, If this information was useful and this process resonates with you, and maybe you're looking to implement the stuff that I'm talking about in a more structured manner with the support of me, my team, my systems, my strategies, my templates, my software I use, my frameworks, all that stuff that you can plug and play straight into your biz, you're in luck. How to work less. Cohort five starts on September 4th and enrollment is one week before that. So... I really encourage you, if you're interested in this podcast and you've got a business where you feel like you're maxed out on time, there's no time left in the day, and you're maxed out on money where you've hit a ceiling with income, it's the perfect time to join the course. Um, in four weeks, we teach you an insane amount of stuff, and I give you everything that I use in my business, teach you how to scale without working more hours, build systems that run your business for you, and spend more time doing the stuff you like in your business and learn how to delegate the things that you don't. We also, if you're interested in working with more expensive clients, I have an awesome one hour long sales training that goes into more depth on this. We also have an offer upgrade system to make your offer even better and bulletproof. There's an insane amount of stuff in there. But if this is slightly interesting to you and you're like kind of interested, go to learn.howtoworkless.com and sign up for our VIP waitlist. It's really easy to do. It only takes a second. You can look at some of the testimonials that are on there. And what you'll get is early enrollment. You'll get the best possible discount that I offer to my VIP waitlist students, and you'll be first in line. Um, We already actually have, (laughs) have 40 new students that have signed up, dialed in, before the course is even on sale because I do have one small backdoor way that people can sign up. 40 students have already signed up. Plus we have maybe 120 returning students from past cohorts that are going to be joining us. So this is a great thing. I really encourage you to sign up and join us. And yeah, that's a, that's how to work less. So go to learn.howtoworkless.com to check that stuff out. We are in the home stretch. September 4th is the first day of live instruction. If you do not take action the next day, That you can join how to work less will be in 2024 so this is it for this year so if you feel like now's the time i highly highly encourage you to check it out learn.howtoworkless.com you'll hear more from me on this in the future but wanted to bring this to your attention and hopefully if this resonates with you you can join us this cohort all right i hope everyone has a great week hopefully this was value packed and i will catch you next week